Get Lynn and Atlas Center. Do you have any test operations in restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion. Over. Roger, Area 31. Continue to send at your discretion. Over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra right, and really moving. And right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. Ninety percent of these sightings can be explained, but ten percent cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac 1-1 and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, girls, get ready. Sit yourselves down, get your fan, get your mister, get your big box of clinics, your big box of wipes, and squeeze you in your lube. There's a very famous Marlon is here. Hello, ladies. Hello, Mac. Welcome to the show, everybody. And Mac, good to see you. Happy New Year, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen you before the New Year, haven't we? I think we yeah. talked. We did a show last week, remember? I do, but I like to wish Happy New Year through February. Then I kind of oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That. All right. Yeah. Just like my Christmas lights are still on too. Yeah, I mine too. Yeah. Uh, okay. What's going on over there on, on the other side of the puddle? Well, everybody's wild about Harry and yeah. Harry's wild about me, I hope. But, Let's uh, talk about Harry. I'm going to go to Waterston's and buy his book. Eileen's against really? it, saying it's a bunch of trash. And I'm, I'm kind of like giving him the benefit of the doubt. You know, I, I, I am too, in a weird way. stuff to say. And, um, let me know, introduce everyone. We'll talk a little bit bridges, about him. Maybe, but, you know. yeah, well, he's definitely burning his bridges. There's no doubt <laughs> about that, you know, whether it's a good plan or not. Um, joining us today uh, from up in the great state of Maine, they know him as Coco on the street. We know him as Commander Cobra. Coco, CC. Good evening, Mac. As Let's always, clap. privilege yes. to join on the wing. Let's clap Thank you for very him. Much. Thank you. You know Great what happens. To see all of you. Happy New Year, since this is the first time I've had a chance to, to really wish it to uh, to you all. Yes, yes, yes. Is good to see you, Cobra. A lot Happy of snow up there. Thank you so much. You're looking good. A lot of snow. Does he? He doesn't really it was, like that. It was though. a busy run. It was a busy run to uh, to Hawaii. Over through uh, the, yeah Hawaii, and then uh, out west mm-hmm. for some work, and then I was down south. For work and to see the family. So Hawaii busy. is made it just before the storm and time for the flooding here. The in tornado bombo, yeah. Hawaii is as out west as you can get, isn't it? And then you start turning yes. it to in east. In fact, I have a very interesting Google profile. You know, it tracks the phone. Yes. And I've got this racetrack triangle from Maine to Oklahoma to Florida, back up the uh, East Coast. And then I got this uh, little teeny tiny racetrack mm. in Hawaii where I took off and flew. Just and, keep uh, flying around, yeah. <laughs> what's it like? I mean, what's uh, what's what's Hawaii is very very expensive, but but yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful state. Beautiful. Uh, they really took a hard hit, you know, with the uh, pandemic, with yep. a lot of places closed. It was surprising to me that they were they're they're pretty much out of it to the point where now they're they're waiting for the next you know wave of, of whatever to show up. Yeah, cool. So lots of stuff was open and everything, and people are. I mean, oh, yeah. personality wise. There, people in Hawaii are wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a really, really nice place. But it was a big change uh, for me. Of course, the last time I was there was about 15, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
and I did get to go to all the favorite haunts, the uh, International House of Pancakes, which is great after a bit of a booze run. That is the sure, yeah, day. perfect hangover. Uh, yeah. yep. I agree. Yeah. It's mm. good to see you. I, they, they, they thought they recognized me, so that was nice. Really? I, yeah, I okay. They, all I right. think they were making that up. They are nice. Uh, Didn't we just see you in the movies? <laughs> Tom, Tom. Bad boys, too. No, yeah, I'm book. never confused with Tom. Yeah, so that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good thing. Uh, speaking about being confused with Tom, here's someone who's confused with Tom Cruise all the time. It's our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, down there in uh, Oil Change, West Virginia. How you doing there, Switchy? I'm doing really good. Yep. Okay. He looks good. He's not. He, he he's not as Richard Dreyfus says last week. Last week was, you know what I mean. He really had the Dreyfus thing going. That was a little yeah, bit stand like, in for Richard Dreyfus. I thought so last yeah, week. Yeah, more like a Hemingway tonight with the with the with the orange, uh, you know, uh, sweater and so on. What was mm-hmm. it the was it the early Dreyfus or the later Dreyfus? Yeah, it's kind of like the middle later Dreyfus. Dreyfus. The, the coke uh, coked out Dreyfus actually. <laughs> I, I'm We're just need a bigger boat Dreyfus. I'm just trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to avoid asking how your cats are. Around the holidays, I always see him as a little bit of their lives. Lives, <laughs> okay. <laughs> nearly the, the holidays are over. Okay. Wow, sorry about that switch. Also in the house with us is our security chief. Willie Club, WC. How you doing? Hey Mac. Hey folks. Happy New Year, all. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad you you brought up uh, Switchy's uh, new hair solution there. Go ahead. I'm looking at it. Yes. You know, and the system's a little bit different than I expected to see, but I think it's more of a local look. Well, yeah. Okay. You know, I West think Virginia it fits in well <laughs> down where he down is. There. At the, uh, <laughs> that was it. That breakfast. Place you go to, what is it, Bubba's restaurant? Bubba's house. Bubba and Friends. I think you fit in well there with that wow. new style. It, it, it's really. Uh, He's adapting. He's adapting sudden. to. I, uh, I, I do try to blend in. Yeah, well, you're doing a good job. I don't know. I'd probably lose that sweater, but other than that. <laughs> it's a great look for radio. <laughs> you look like you're on a construction <laughs> site. Are you saying he's a chameleon man? No, no, no. Blending in? In the studio with us. Making a rare appearance, and basically the getaway driver. It's Uncle Al, the kitty's pal. Uncle Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic. Al, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, uh, didn't um, John Denver say uh, almost heaven, West Virginia? Isn't that part of a song? I remember. Yes. So he also said he spent a week in Toledo, Ohio one night. One night, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, wow. Uh, all right, almost heaven. I left West Virginia, wasn't oh, okay. it? Okay, I'm not sure. What's the, the, the no sound effects? Anyway, so um, yeah, thank you, uh, Switch, for joining us. Thank you, Club, for joining us. And now I'm leaving the best of last, of course. Is our favorite good witch up there in Sideways Neon Raven is with us, Raven. Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Hmm. Hello, Raven. Hello. The rose among the thorns. How can I say? I was going to say something like that. Uh, <laughs> last week was very chic look. Now it's very kind of um, skate uh, skater kid. Skate kid. What do you call it? Skater chick? Skater chick. Sure. Mm. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, you go I'm with that. that. That's cool. If um, gleaming the queue tonight. It, yeah. yeah. If uh, Demi Moore was a skater kid. Am I using the right one? Demi Moore? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's the one in Stranger Things? What's her name? We always oh, yeah. Winona Ryder. Renata Ryder, if she had a skateboard, oh. it is you. And, and I just found out Raven's left-handed. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's, there there's two lefties on the show tonight, at least. Okay. Well, now I'm going to turn lefty. Now there's three. Okay. 
Raven, how's things with Good you? Luck with that. <laughs> Everything okay? <laughs> Some things might be difficult. You never know. How are th- how's things with you? Okay, Rave? Yeah, it's all good up here. I'm looking forward to tonight's show. It looks mm-hmm. like we have a pretty um, nice agenda. What is it? Uh, Tell, lined us. Up. Tell us. Uh, well, we have the top 10, of course. Uh, and then we have a Mac versus Coco absolute throwdown um, on the subject of Top Gun 2. Top Gun 2. Um, Coco, get ready. Joining us is going to be Dr. Bob Gross. Um, he's going to be talking about Mylar rubber uh, found at the Roswell crash site. And Switch is going to grace us with a great report on a 1920 UFO crash. So that should be Sounds good. Interesting show. Right? Okay. That's jam-packed. We're going to have to extend the show for three hours. All right, listen, that's never going to happen. You mean a Viagra show? You extend it, and if it goes off in one three hours, you have to go to the emergency room. Where's the the sound effects machine? I I, I think you're safe up to four hours, uh, from what I hear. Wow, someone actually stole the sound (laughs) effects machine. Um, Coco, are you ready? Are you in training? Have you been in training for that, for this? Yeah, just since it's about the time I was 18, Mac, Mm -hmm. I've been in training for this. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, shady. <laughs> Al and I are going crazy trying to find the sound effects machine. Okay, did you? And yeah, you I, ever, thought, I thought you had a baby there. I thought it was a baby carrier when you brought it up. Have you abstained from sex for the past week, as all great fighters do? Uh, yeah, not a problem. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a rather uh, hectic uh, schedule. So yeah, I'm all set. Well, you on you on holiday now or what, Coke? Oh, no, I'm back at work. You're back uh, at work? I had my uh, time off between Christmas and... Uh, Can you tell us a little bit of what you're doing? Can you tell us like a little bit what's what was happening? In, in what respect, Mac? Well, what were you doing out in Hawaii? Well, Hawaii, I uh, I picked up a contract to, uh, to fly for a company uh, providing uh, simulated tactical air support for an exercise there. And uh, in my venerable yet simple little airplane... Uh, uh, we were simulating being F-15, a flight of F-15s in the morning or during the day, and F-18s in the evening. And we were doing this for training for the Joint Terminal Air, uh, air Controllers. Those are the folks that call in the airstrikes with the Army. Hmm. So uh, two goes a day, uh, taking off out of Honolulu International Airport. I'm sure many people that were arriving in paradise and departing paradise were curious why a little gray airplane with little bumps all over it where it was taxiing out and getting in their way and uh, zipping around. Uh, very fun part uh, of the flying. It's great to work with the troops. And uh, that's always very, very rewarding, obviously. But uh, every day, twice a day, I would get to fly right by Fort Island and right by the Arizona as mm. I came into land. So that wow. was kind of, uh, kind of neat to see every day. Okay. And that uh, was a thoroughly enjoyable mission. That's Beautiful. the loudest beer open I've ever heard there. I was out in the hallway. Yeah, I know, which is well. What, what is the chain. partying like? I was out in the hallway. Like forays okay. in the skies. Well, when you're as old as I am, one um, uh, one, and I'll. I'm I'll way older. Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll write. I'll write this down so you'll know what you're you're, you're facing when you finally uh, get to this age. Uh, I had to uh, turn in pretty quickly to sleep to get yeah. ready to turn around the next day and do two goes again. About eight yeah. hours a day in the air, and I have to admit that. Wow. Uh, Although I, I still like to keep up with the younger guys uh, and gals, um, two flights a day and uh, mm-hmm. hitting the hay. There hitting you go. the hay hitting is the about hay. right. Yep. Sounds wow. Good. Well, I, I have to salute you because let's salute them. We haven't done that in a long there. time, so Thank let's just salute them. Go ahead, count it down there, Wani. We'll salute them for the first time in a long. Time. Go ahead, count it down, Wani. Okay. Ten. Hit. 
Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. After Raven, most improved. Right. Okay, she wins. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Both hands. Both hands look great. Both hands. Um, why don't we do this? Why don't we uh, do the top ten list and um, see where that goes? Raven, how's that? I'm all good with that. I okay. have that pulled up right now, actually. Let's go, then. Top ten. I have. I forget yeah. it. Now. Go ahead. I have top ten reasons Al's honeybees Uh-oh. are going on strike. Top ten reasons <laughs> Al's honeybees are going on strike. Al, okay. we should just tell you know the uh, regular listeners know this, but Al has a uh, how many hives do you have? I just keep a couple. Couple, okay. And there's there's millions of bees. Okay, how many bees out of it? Just oh, probably ten thousand in the hive. Ten thousand. Thousand? Yeah, they all wear little hats, so you know they're from Al's Hive. It's interesting. So, and how much honey do you, do you pull out of every year, let's say? Well, that's so very dependent on the weather and the amount of rain and the flowers. Uh, this year, I probably pulled 120 pounds out of both hives, you know, combined from both hives in spring. Yep. And then uh, put the honey supers back on, and you hope for another... Uh, you know, harvest yep. in September. Yes, but unfortunately, we had such a drought this summer. Okay, the bees suffered. I got nothing. Wow! I, mean, it was I thought you were going to say twenty pounds at the mass. You get one hundred and twenty-five pounds of time. I got one hundred and twenty pounds, and it's well, it's a bear. It's a project. Well, to, but to, I'll tell you, a lot of people have told me the just off the you know that is the best honey they've ever had. It's uh, yeah, piss honey is amazing. Yeah, chef's yeah. kiss. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. it's it's you know raw, unprocessed. If what you buy in the store. Mm-hmm. Generally, is been you know uh, pasteurized. So it's been heated, yeah. and you know, when you heat it, you kill off a lot of the good mm-hmm. that's but in the honey. Isn't there a lot of clove and stuff around where we are, and that's in that's in the mix. It, we get a lot of um, the beach rose, the beach we get rose all the roses. We get yep. uh, you know different trees. It's really weird because you, you get a, a list of all the different <laughs> trees and plants, and when. Their pollen is, is actually out in the nectar. Nearby. So what do you uh, how, what do you pay these yeah. ten thousand bees? Nothing, right? Um, I pay them a, a good amount of sugar water to feed yeah. them, feed them, and fatten them up for oh, winter time. No wonder they're going on strike. I, uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, this hey, is the Mac? T- yes, Mac? yes. Uh, I, no, I'm going to hold because I may spoil something on the ten. I'm going to hold. Sorry. Okay. All right. All right. So this is the top ten reasons why Al's honeybees are going on strike. Raven. All right, start the music. Number 10, they're sick of getting second billing when kids are first told about sex. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, wow, okay, yeah. Okay, the yeah, birds and the bees. The, the birds win on that one, Okay, yeah. and next, please, number nine. Number nine, they find it offensive when someone says, man, I got a real buzz. <laughs> every, yeah, in my neighborhood, yeah. touchy. Yeah, well, that's true. Go ahead, next, please, number eight. Number eight, uh, they have not received any personal likeness royalties from General Mills for the Honey Nut Cheerios cartoon character. They were supposed to divvy it up, just like the casinos, if you know what I mean. Okay, next, please. Number seven, uh, they're bummed out Al stopped serenading them with songs from Palilila Archie. Palilachi. Palilachi. I can't even say it, never mind sing it. The sad clown. Next, please, Raven. That's good. Number one. six. That was Pagliacci. Pagliacci. Pagliaroni? Oh, gosh. Okay, number six. Uh, okay. Those freaking ants get everything. Those freaking ants get everything. <laughs> they yeah, they do. Okay. They really do. Oh, Top God. 10 reasons why Uncle Al's honeybees are going on strike. Please, right? 
Number five, ever since the funky monkey Afghan kush crop was harvested, things just aren't the same in the hive. <laughs> Big time. True. Big time. Okay, that next, very, please. Very true. Wow. Uh, number four. Uh, they're sick of all that smoke coming from X House. Wow! That's the opposite of that. Talk about a smoker, huh? Yeah. Next, please. Uh, number three. Uh, they're sick of all those coked-out wasps horning in on their booty ass Wow. Maybe say it again, oh. Rave, if you can. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, they're sick of all those coked out wasps horning in on their booty ass bumblebees. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of stuff goes on in our neighborhood. Next, please, Rave. They miss Juan Juan. Oh, number oh. two, they miss Juan Juan. I uh, thought it was yeah. always about the queen. It had nothing to do with No, yeah. no you're no different. Go ahead, please, Rave. And the number one reason Al's honeybees are going on strike. It's all about the f-ing drones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what else could it be? Uh, okay, all right. Okay. But, hey, Matt, but, can I put in? Yes, I, please. Put a quick audible mention in. Go I, ahead. A little bit. Uh, has the legal matter with the coma and the hit bees and the problem that was going on there ever been solved, or did that just get swept under the carpet? Uh, uh, I'm pleading the fifth. Yeah, on me that too. One, I'm know? pleading the sixth. Uh, okay. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. So anyway, when we calm down. And uh, take a commercial break now. What I think we should do is maybe give away a jar of your honey to some some lucky listener, right? And they'll find out that we're not kidding. Well, you know, we could try doing that. I don't know. You know, when you go to the post office, one of the things they ask you about is, yeah. like, what's in there. Yeah, okay. And what, do you it, tell them the truth? Well, you know, if it if, it, if the bottle gets broken, Anything it does make a mess. Anything hazardous or flammable. Because honey gets everywhere. Let me tell uh, you. Those guys are paid about 90 bucks right. an hour. They can handle it. As okay. long as it's within the state, I think we're okay. Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I've sent like coffee and stuff, but I think it's if it's outside. Yeah, but generally the... you don't make you don't make it as a liquid cup of coffee, do you? Uh-huh. When you, send you don't. It you. You've never done that. Okay. I send coffee beans all the time. Oh and, no, I just I send the cup full. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I, you I'm can try it. You want to try you it? Send you, a cup of coffee. All right. Now it is time to. If you want to try it, I'm. I'll donate. I'll donate a pound of honey. Anybody wants to try it? Okay. It's great honey. I mean, no one disputes that. It's very good. All right, so why don't we, my name in for that raffle. Now I'm getting hungry. Why don't we take a commercial break now and regroup, and we'll be right back after this. And I think coming up is the uh, Mac versus Coco, uh, the Rumble in the Jungle. Get ready to get ready for the review of Top Gun 2 Maverick. We both Ooh, watched it. And we're, Manila. And, right, and we're going to give our reviews right after this. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. After this. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed. The Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. 
Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. In this corner, weighing a pudgy 222 pounds, he's a man known by many names, Coco, Cece, the Snake, and apparently to some of his relatives, Hasim. It's your goat's best friend, the main masher, Commander Cobra. And in this corner, Looking svelte at 182 pounds, not counting the hat and sunglasses, and taking time from volunteering at the orphanage. You know him as Mackety Mac, Mama's Baloney, and the Irish Macaroni. It's the Dorchester Destroyer, Mac Maloney! And now, let's get ready to get ready! Welcome to the rumble in the jungle. Tonight is the night where Matt goes up against Coco in the uh, review of Top Gun 2, Maverick, which came out a few months ago. It is the number one like movie of all time, which is with like almost a billion dollars already in sales, and it's only been out for a little while. Wow. And that's so incredible. Something, you know, someone's doing something right. But anyway, just from the aesthetic point of view, Coco and I are going to be uh, talking about the review. It'll be like, uh, who are those two guys? I'll be the skinny guy. Who are those two guys from Chicago? Cisco and Ebra. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. You know, I'll be, uh, who's the skinny guy? <laughs> Which one? I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> anyway, in the studio, our, our virtual with us across the pond is our very famous Juan Juan. Is he here? Hello. Have you seen the movie? Welcome. Have you seen Top Gun 2? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, no. that's good. See, you, you could have an open mind. Uh, also with us. I know I'm going to love it, so I want to make sure I, have, I spend uh, you don't know that quality yet. time with it, and I'm going to uh, just sit and absorb it. Okay, it's not porn there, my friend. It's about no, jet fighters. You know. Okay, listen. You know what they say. It's a testosterone-fueled extravaganza. That it is. And, uh, you know, how can you ignore that? I save some of it and put it in my car. I'll wait till you watch it and then get back to me, okay? Uh, so anyway, uh, and also with us is uh, Switchy, our uh, national correspondent down there in West Virginia. Switchy. Yes, and I, I have seen the film, and I actually own the DVD. Okay. So can you uh, hold back any review until we're uh, through with this? I, I, I can uh, restrain myself, possibly. I'll, I'll mute. If I can't, I'll mute myself when I start talking. Okay. You do anything you want. Just keep your hands below the table. If you know <laughs> I mean. Also with us is our security chief. Looking in on us. Willie Club, how are you doing, then, Willie? Hey, Mac. Hi, folks. Great to be here. Hello, Willie. And I also saw the film, so okay. I'm really looking forward to this rumble that's coming. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you all don't turn on me. But I got a feeling that's going to happen. Okay. Also, in the studio with us tonight, I don't think he's seen the film. I don't think he saw the first one. Is Alvin Nattel, your folk mechanic. How are you doing there, Alvin? I'm doing great, and I have actually seen this movie. Really? Number two? Yes. Oh, wow. It oh. was free on Epic, so I had yeah, no idea. Yeah, it just turned to be free. Okay. All right. So I watched it. I'm not going to say a word. Okay. But. All right. Let's uh, go to the Rose Among the Fawns, as she was uh, described earlier in the show. Raven, how are you tonight? Hi, my friends. I'm so good. Thanks for having me. Let me see if I can describe what we look at here. You have a black backdrop. You have a, um, what do you call that? Stocking hat on. Yeah. Okay. Watch cap. What, right. But still very... It was a word, mysterious or film noir. Yeah, noir. It's a noir thing. Yeah. Noir. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a pom pom on the hat? 
Is Raven Noir. No, it's just it's just a beanie. A beanie. Okay. All right. Raven. I look fancy from like the waist up, but I'm just wearing sweatpants and Crocs. Really? Well, some guys like that. You know. <laughs> well, Crocs. They're so goofy. I love them. They're so comfortable. Raven, I didn't know that you'd be a Croc person. I am I am a croc person. Yeah, okay. what, uh, I, I, I understand they're very comfortable and stuff. But yeah, but you have to admit to so your uh, your even more uh, venial crime when it comes to footwear. You're also a uh, Birkenstock person, right? Oh no! I, oh, I she's, am a Birkenstock. Oh, oh, no. I love my Birkenstocks. Oh, they're no. so comfortable. There's all the photos. Everyone's asking for the photos. They're, okay. Wow, huh? Didn't I tell you don't wear them in Massachusetts because they don't allow them? I'm pretty sure I wore them when I came to visit you last no, time. No, no, no. I wouldn't have remembered that. No. Sure. Anyway. You kicked me off the porch. It's okay. <laughs> Jeez, I, right. buy, I buy Sue Doc Martens and stuff. <laughs> oh. You're going to admit that? No, on I the like air? Doc Martens. I okay. buy Doc Martens are so cute. Oh, here we go. All right. So anyway, yeah, they're the cats of shoes. So uh, now listen. Have I introduced everybody? All right. I think, yeah, I think so. Okay. So tonight what we've done is that um, Coco and I have both watched, not at the same time, but Top Gun 2. Maverick, okay, and just a little bit of background. It came out just a few months ago. It is basically the sequel to a movie that they made almost 35 years ago called Top Gun. That uh, Tom 35 Tom years? Yes, and um, or more, yeah. And, um, uh, it, you know, and it's, 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 why don't we just get to the, um, you know, I think that's the background everyone needs because I think Top Gun is one of those movies that everyone kind of knows, even though they might not be. Fans of like you know law movies or whatever. I think if you're if you're under like 25, you've probably seen the original. Mm-hmm. I think, or uh, I'm sorry, if you're over, over 25, 25 yep. if you're under, I, you probably have only seen the new one. Mm-hmm. Now I got to you know full disclosure. I owe a lot of what I do and what I've been doing for 35 years to Top Gun because I started writing wingman books, which were action adventure fighter pilot books. Right when Top Gun came out and Tom Clancy came out, and people were. You know, before then, they had that thing called the Vietnam Hangover. They didn't want to, you know, talk about the military. But all of a sudden, Top Gun made fighter planes really sexy. Thank God, because, mm. you know, here I am. Anyway, so I owe a lot to the flight fact- school, too. I wanted to go to that class. Oh, man. Who, the flight school? Is that oh, yeah. Yeah? Okay. You, you think you could do it? <laughs> you, you think you could pass Top Gun? handled then? it. Yeah. What would they call you? What would your call sign be? Well, <laughs> one, right? I guess. I'd go with that. I yeah, mean, it's, okay. it's benign. You know, it's- uh, one of Not the testosterone fueled. So this taking it all in and just being cool. This is the rumble in the jungle, the thriller in Manila. Get ready to get ready, okay? Why don't we just one very quick round of applause? And I'm gonna throw it to Coco. Coco, Top Gun Two, Maverick, Ding Ding, Round One. Well, first, Mac, you need to get the name of the movie correct. You have said it incorrectly since the start of the show. It was Top Gun Maverick. There's no number in the movie at all. So I just want to make sure that we get that set. The body blow. Very good, Cobra. Second point for Cobra. (laughs) Anybody who is interested in some of the things that I will mention in my little opening here, contact Mac, and I will send the links to Mac uh, via email for the show. And uh, get you set up and you can send it up to the fans. Okay. So the reason I really enjoyed the movie is because to me, it had to overcome some really major, major problems. And the number one problem that I had is that the movie is a little bit past its, its date. Mm -hmm. 35 years later really is a difficult thing to pull off. And it's not difficult to pull off because Tom Cruise's age, when he did the movie, there was an active duty fighter pilot in the Navy that was 56, turning 57 years old. 
Mm-hmm. But the span of time that had occurred between the two movies really was a difficult task. And that's the reason why I give it a very, very big mm-hmm. thumbs up, because okay. they really did an excellent job of capturing and correcting uh, as best they possibly could to make that work. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really pleased with that. The fact that he uh, gets sent off as the character and he's off doing the test work, uh, I thought was a really cool way to handle it. It has that whole right stuff, uh, Mad Monk Squadron kind of thing that goes on there. He's doing the fringy test. A lot of folks complained about the the part with the uh, Dark Star and when it uh, broke up. And I'm going to tell you, this is one of three, maybe two or three very classical references that the writers used in the movie. Uh, Chuck Yeager pushed on the X, uh, one of the X1A flights. He pushed past the test parameter and caused it to go out of control, which mm-hmm. led to a crash. Uh, correction, he did get control of it and was able to land the aircraft. Right. There's a great video that has recently come out about that. Mm-hmm. So Maverick doing that uh, in that movie typifies and shows that even though he has uh, had retiring or being at an 06 in the Navy when everybody else has been made an admiral, is nothing to be uh, ashamed of at all. And they kind of make that, that point that everyone else has passed him, but the work he was doing, but the fact that he's still willing to push it past uh, it just, I thought was a really great tie into the first movie. So they did a really good job there. I thought they did an excellent job of pointing out something that I feel that many of the officers that are flags just are not concerned about doing the, uh, the mission and are more concerned about something else other than the, than the troops, than the sailors or the, uh, the aircraft. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was well depicted. And I think it show also showed that he wore them down a little bit with his ability to uh, to pull off what he did during the course of the movie. The mission, I kind of think, Mac, was interesting that you made that remark, and I told you about this, and I know it kind of got you a little bit uh, heated when I brought this up to you off air. But I think some people lifted some of your concepts from the <laughs> Wingman series and some of the other uh, books because the mission – Although it is not well-defined, it's really well-defined for a movie audience that does not really need to have every detail. Yes. Where the detail is extraordinary in this movie is the fact that they, the weapons uh, parameters that they show, the tactics that they show, and the uh, initiative that is taught and taught at Top Gun is very well portrayed. It's very, very accurate. Uh, things where if a system malfunctions, but the type of weapon that they were using for that bomb delivery would have still gone to the target. It just wouldn't have been as hyper accurate if the laser had worked. All those things were well done. Mm-hmm. And the Navy did an extraordinary job of making sure that that was accurate and well portrayed. So I really, really give them a thumbs up for doing an excellent job. There is a great backstory. The Navy outfitted Navy airplanes. Almost everything that you see with the F-18 was flown. There's mm. very little CGI that was used in the movie. Mm. All those actors were in the backseat of the of it. Mm. I got to talk to two, two people that were uh, set uh, a kind of on-scene uh, backups and technicians. Go ahead. Very, very well done. And it's really a credit to Cruz because Tom Cruise does demand this kind of stuff. He Oof. takes a lot of heat for his, his conduct, yes. but he really put a lot of effort into that. And he's on his own. He's a pilot as well. That's his P-51 that's shown in the movie. That is his airplane that he has in that movie. Yep. So I thought that was extremely well done. One of those things leading back to the 30, 35 years is what do you do about Goose? I thought bringing the sun in was kind of an interesting way to do that. And they found an actor that kind of looks like Goose. So I thought that had the right emotional uh, cue there. Uh I really thought the Iceman situation, 
was very well done. Uh, I thought that was actually uh, better than I thought it was going to go because I didn't imagine how they're going to make that work. And Val Kimmer, I thought, did a hell of a good job considering with his throat cancer situation, he was able to carry that off. And it, although it's uh, a little bit heavy and a little bit drippy, Dude. it was acceptable because it didn't run on for more than maybe, you know, 10 to 15 minutes out of the movie. Right. Now, the part about stealing the Tomcat, another historical reference. Go ahead. Bob Hoover and Bruce Carr, two World War Eight, World War II aviators, POW, shot down, stole German airplanes and flew them out and came back. Yeah. Real world ex- thing yeah. that goes on there. That's cool. So it was kind of cool that yep. they did bring the Tomcat back in. Yep. Um, I thought that was uh, kind of a nice thing to do. Okay. The impossible mission. Everyone says to me, come on, Cobra, how come they didn't use the F-35? I'll tell you why they didn't use the F-35. There we go. To begin with, impossible to use it in the movie and make it work. That's number one. Okay. Number two, in real world, we don't have enough F-35s to risk them yes. on that mission. Go ahead. The way they had set that mission up. Third thing is, there's kind of a sinister element here, in my opinion, what they were doing. I think they were showing that... They were these people were expendable. We can do the yes. people that were making these orders and how these ridiculous timelines, which again yes. I think they're stealing from you, Mac, or they're at least borrowing because ridiculous you have those stuff. kinds yes. of scenarios in your books where the timeline's ridiculous, and the people have to break away <laughs> wow. from the rest of the crowd, and they got to make it work. And and I thought that was exceptionally well done. Okay. So they take airplanes that are not the most, and I'm sure this had to be tough for the Navy because the Navy's all in on getting their F-35Cs, which are tremendous airplanes yes but real big bomb trucks like the f-18 shows in that movie does have its place and it was so filmed i thought was well done it was also filmed you know four years ago and it was held up by the pandemic and stuff but yeah go ahead True. is that absolutely is, and the f-35 is coming on I, and, it, and you'll see f-35s on the flight deck yes. when they're doing the scene right yeah right yes all right so should, should we ring the bell no not yet one? Uh, okay, i got a couple more points why if, if you're willing to put up with me go ahead um Ultimately, what I found more than anything else, you got me off my pace here. Go ahead. I thought the fact that you have good tie-ins to the original movie. You don't have Viper, so Iceman has to become the Viper in this movie. He's sort of like the guy who's going to keep Maverick on track. Yes, yes. Maverick shows that he's really, his anti-authority kind of attitude really makes him one of the worst people ever to go to Top Gun. Do you understand what Top Gun's at? Yes, yes, But yes. you see that whole crowd in the latest generation, there's a Maverick kind of guy in that movie. Right. Who accepts where he has to be, and he actually is, he has a key moment towards the right. end of it. Right, right, right. All the other folks that are in there are top performers, but they all have a slightly different personality makeup. And that, I thought they did extremely well. Okay. And the fact that Tom Cruise had to step back and actually be the, the mentor and the teacher on this, I thought was extremely well done. Okay. My biggest problems, more than anything else, with the movie is, as with the first movie, you don't have a name to the enemy. And for someone like me, not having the identifiable enemy is a little bit of a detraction. Interesting. But for most people, I think that it, it works out okay. And I think the montage for nostalgia... I mean, I love Kenny Loggins' song, and I thought that was nice that they had the opening and they had the carrier deck opening. Go ahead. Good, good stuff. But I thought that was a little bit too camped out to the original movie. Mm-hmm. But overall, very minor hit. So what would you give? And I'll leave this with you, Mac. There's two things that I need to close with. Go ahead. If you like this movie or hated this movie, I want everyone to see Devotion, which is a phenomenal yes, movie, movie right. based on Completely a true story. Movie. 
Um, one of the characters in that movie, uh, now passed as well, right. is a very good friend of mine. Uh, I, and I, John Hudner, I dearly love him. And I think if anybody who loved Top Gun Maverick, not Top Gun yes. 2 Maverick, the Top Gun Maverick movie that I saw will love Devotion. Yes. The other part is Mac... You can always be my wingman. Yes, yes. Thank you. Hey, there you go. Wow. Great punchline. Okay, let's give him a round of applause. Oh, great. Yeah. <clears throat> he did He did the best he could. <laughs> wow. Ooh. <laughs> you know what, Kobe? You took my breath away. There we go. Mine too. <laughs> okay. You're hanging on too tight. The only oh, way. <laughs> you're hanging on too tight. <laughs> the only way I could do this is just go uh, top 10 reasons Mac disliked Top Gun too. Okay. What's the name of the movie? Top Gun Maverick? Top Gun? Maverick. Top Gun, but, colon, Maverick. Yeah, colon. That's what it needs. Let's, That's right. First of all, I just want to say, okay, and I think and I think you'll probably agree, is don't you think I have some, like, actionable causes here against Paramount? I mean, did you really see? Because I, I saw. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, they, 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 it's weird. if nothing else, I think it would have been nice if they could have just said in the credits. Oh, something. Wouldn't that be some nice? Of this is inspired by Mac Maloney's work because there are just so many things. But I've told you this. I find this all the time now. I just finished a book where I swear uh, someone read about, and I know you did not know this, but uh, mm. operators in Laos, they actually had a shaman who would come out and tell them not to fly today and to fly today. And when cool. he would, and he was right all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> this guy in the jungle would just come out and say, today's not a good day to fight. And they wouldn't fight and they wouldn't fly. And it was love, right. Is that during World War II? That's cool. Okay, so anyway, all right, so let me get to the top 10 list. Now, I watched, I, I got the movie about a month ago, and I watched about a third of the way through, and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't what? watch it. just couldn't watch it because, and I'll give the reasons why, and then I watched it again. I watched it from beginning to end, and that's where I came up with this top 10 list. Okay, now well, everyone's going to hate you me because. do a top 10 when you haven't seen the whole thing? I did see the whole thing the second time. You said you only went to three quarters. The first time. The first time. He did see it. First oh, time. Sorry, so, second time around, preparing for this, in training. I watched it. First of all, and you know I went to film school, right, Juan Juan? Okay, yeah, so. You, you did, and you graduated with uh, Summa Cum Crazy. Or something, something, yeah. Summa Wait, cum you laude. went to film school? Yeah, didn't yeah. you know that? Okay, I'll send I'm you my bio. I'm not familiar, no. I'll send you my was, bio. Is this a correspondence course? And my pick. Yeah, how do you know? Raven, I was a film editor. I'll wow. tell you about that. Uh, okay. That's another show. So, anyway, so what they do is they get everyone from the same like talent agency you know the same actors the same director the same writers and everything and everyone just kind of like makes these cookie cutter movies right and, and there's it which is okay if you have something going for you you know and, and instead of like lots of cgi and that's what this is it's just like it's put together like by a committee if you know what i mean you know and there's a little bit of this a little bit of that and it, and it, it's that's okay if like i say if you have something going but if you don't have something going it's just like another movie you know but anyway that was number nine number 10 number nine music by lady gaga music by lady gaga and top gun 2 i mean as yeah. much as raven please yeah. as much as i don't like kenny rog kenny Loggins, uh you know danger zone that that yeah, song you don't like kenny rogers either but that's okay since we're getting all the kenny's on the list that that's it is by kenny Loggins. who is it by yeah Right. So that, that that movie, the first movie, and that song are married together forever. All right, that's, that's right. It. Okay, I don't even remember the. People mu know the song even if they haven't seen the movie. Right, I don't know the music. They know I, it's from Top Gun. I can't remember the the music in this in this movie. You know, it was just like, you know, not even there. Um, let's see. Hang on, I'm trying to. Uh, 
with advice. Mac, you and I know that the, the music counts for everything. The music Background counts for music, a lot. Soundtrack <laughs> stuff. It sure does. It's a blend. I mean, that's really important. Okay, number eight. They managed to make Jennifer Connelly look and act unsexy, and that's almost impossible. Okay. I got to tell you, I, I really, I, I rarely do I ever give a crap about a remark like that. Yeah, and go I ahead. think for the age that she's supposed to play, and the and the and the toned down makeup, that woman has never looked better. No, mm. I don't I, know. I, I am telling you, I think I, they I intentionally can't even understand why you where you coming from on that. I one. think they intentionally made her look not as pretty as Tom Cruise. You know she's a she's a beautiful actress. Anyone just go see. If um, you think she doesn't stand up next to him, I think you. Well, she does, but that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. You know she was in uh, um what's it called a um you know one one was in it um a beautiful mind. Okay, she plays the wife in a beautiful mind, and she's just beautiful in it. She's just you fall in love with her. And because but she has Mac, the th- we're talking the difference of all well, what 20 years between a beautiful mind and now she plays a mother. She plays Penny from the original mm. one. She's the Admiral's daughter from the first Top Gun. Very cliche. And there. They had this on and off thing going. I mean, I think she was absolutely mm. stunning. In no, this movie. I, I have to disagree. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Wow. <laughs> You'll love this one then. Number seven. OK. Tom Cruise is not an actor. You know what I mean? He's not. He's a movie, he's star. A movie star. He's a movie star, and he makes he makes very successful movies, obviously. But he's not. He has like four expressions, you know, smiling, looking worried, thinking deeply, kind of surprised, and that's it. And he just keeps going over and over and over again. Okay. Now, but, can you think of anyone that could have carried this role off besides him if they to do this movie? Yeah, I can think of a number of people who would do it. You know, who'd be interested in doing it? Um, if you took someone like, um, I, I mean, I didn't try off the list. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes someone like MacGyver, the guy who used to play MacGyver. Imagine MacGyver 30 years from now. You know, he'd be perfect for it. You know, that, that like stuff like that. See, the thing with Tom Cruise and what makes him successful is people go see his movies. But it's always Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? He never really becomes. But you're kind of right about that. Like, like when I watch Mission Impossible movies, I'm kind of watching. It's him. Let's see what kind of crap uh, Tom Cruise is going to have to That's endure ex- this time. Yeah. And the plot. That's it. exactly what I was thinking. The, but then the mission, he does. He does bangers like Vanilla Sky. Yeah. Oh, and it's cr- oh it's crazy. Yes. Okay. He he did one yeah, really right. good movie called Minority Report. But you have to have Tom Cruise in this movie. There's there's no substitute. Uh, he did one movie called Minority Report with with that knucklehead Steven Spielberg, and that's a great movie. I don't know how they did it. But he kind of acts in that in movie. In spite of Spielberg. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, you know, if you have 100 monkeys typing, you're going to have uh, Shakespeare soon, right? Anyway. <laughs> I think is the expression. That, wait, wait. Okay, hang on. Here we go. So, anyway, oh um, uh, uh, number six. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Coco, anyone who's seen the movie, who can disagree with me? There are three scenes in this movie that they should have absolutely just cut out. Okay, you ready? The scene where they throw him out of the bar. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. Like he does something. He can't pay for the drinks or something. They're ringing bells. Everyone's crazy. It's like a frat house or something. Uh, choreographed. And they say, you know, throw him overboard. Throw him over. They actually pick up Tom Cruise and he's smiling and laughing. And they are going to throw him on the bar. And they're yelling, literally yelling, throw him overboard. But they throw him in the sand. I mean, throw the guy in the water. I mean, is it me? And then he gets up and walks back into the bar. What the? F- no, he doesn't walk back into the bar. Well, he goes up to the window and holds his uh, face up against it like and a kid. And he watches it, and he realizes that he is no longer part of the in generation. There you go. Uh, let's see, number two. 
Um, this is a part six. The football game on the beach. Anyone want to remark on that? Don't you think it was? They had to do something for the volleyball scene. I was going to say the volleyball scene. But don't they had to have something because they had to show the young guys. They had to show them shirtless and show the uh, the the build. Here's my notes. It was filmed. True. I might like this movie. It was filmed in a very special way, in the same way San Francisco and the Bravo Channel are very special. Yeah. Anyway, number three. An old hit return. Now listen. The whole Raven. What was your peck rating on that scene? I haven't seen the, the new report. one. I oh, saw oh the, you got to see it. Yeah. We're spoiling it for you. <laughs> it goes on and on and on. We're spoiling it. Now, number three of part, part three of number six. I, 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 I'm sorry, Coco, but I thought the whole Val Kilmer thing was like morbid. Okay, the 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 guy is. Did he die yet? Is he still alive? But he has throat cancer. Still alive. Okay, and I know Tom Cruise. You know, went to great lengths to get him in the movie. And he goes back, and they were kind of rivals in the original movie. Now they're you know close buddies. He's the admiral. He has to you know bless anything Tom Cruise does, but he can't talk. I, I don't want to ruin the movie. This is spoiler. Alert. Val Kilmer can't talk anymore. So they have this awkward conversation where Tom Cruise is talking, and Val Kilmer's you know typing on a on a screen, and it's like, really, you really want to do that? I guess so. Okay, so um, let's see. Okay, here's another thing. Coco, ready? It's supposed to be an aircraft carrier movie. They sold this thing with with the shots of them on the aircraft carrier doing this and doing that. They don't get on an aircraft carrier until one hour and twenty five minutes into the movie. Right. Everything else is this train up for the mission, training and all this kind of stuff, which is fine. Okay, but you don't get on the aircraft carrier till way into the movie. And here's and this brings up the other controversy here is that when they were filming on the Abraham Lincoln, they were there for a long time, six weeks, and even though the Navy tried to, you know, shine the apple on it. A lot of people on the boat through their different Twitter accounts and stuff like that said Tom Cruise was an a-hole. They got, you know, uh, re- you know they got orders before him, don't talk to Tom, don't look Tom in the eye. If you see Tom, don't look, and all you know, this stuff. And they kind of ru- ruled the roost there for six weeks. And if you watch the movie, you can count on one hand how many shots are in the movie that were taken from an aircraft carrier. Everything else could be... On a set Everywhere. somewhere. So what was the pro- what was the point of that? And, and he got a lot of bad press from that. And he just should have thought it out. You know, land on the aircraft carrier, have lunch with everybody. Sorry, we're going to be in your way. We don't want to be and stuff like that. And then go and do it. Why be a dick about it? You know what I mean? Why be there? Okay, Mac, I, I completely agree with you that he should never have dissed the crew. And in fact, I'm the one that was telling you about the stuff that I was hearing that uh-huh. I was really disappointed with. It has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, but I can't like a movie if the guy, if the if the people involved are jerks. I'm sorry, that's me. So, all well, right. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I completely, Whoa. I completely understand that. But you're asking me as a as that's a good. highly trained and extremely well educated film maker go ahead. Go, to, go. to have the objective <laughs> well, look here and i'm trying to tell you go ahead. it's got nothing to do with the final product number four so, million plus I, I, I missed something me i'm right i can't watch excuse me gentlemen i missed something here tom cruise and, I mean, the offline the act, you're not going to train that mission on a carrier you're not going to continually well, i'm not saying that i'm saying that 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 you know no, it's typical hollywood that they say uh you know we got to spend six weeks on the carrier and as it amounts are like 20 seconds of carrier and then go to the strike yeah, all right. So, so yeah, that's either here. Or there. The fact of the matter is, is that from a public relations point of view and a personality point of view, Tom Cruise doesn't have a freaking clue how to handle something like this because he's too 
I don't know, too much of a movie star or something like that. Self-centered? Yeah, self-centered. I just, you know, I can't watch Mel Gibson either, you know, for different reasons. Anyway, okay, here we go. Where are we here? I should have written this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, number Wait, four. Mac, Mac, I got to ask you a question. Go ahead. You said Tom Cruise dissed the crew. You mean uh, yes. offline? Uh, you no. had a problem with uh, how the movie was going? No, when they, when they, before the, before Tom and his entourage landed on the carrier, Abraham Lincoln, right? They yeah. gave orders to the crew and they said, "Don't look at Tom. Don't talk to Tom. Avoid Tom's oh, eyes." Really? That kind of stuff, okay? He had his own gods. He had his own room, and he had his own gods right. outside. And that does just rub people the wrong way. And there's 5,000 people on the ship, and, you, and and I went and looked at, like, all the, um, I don't know, Twitter messages, whatever they were. And it was like, wow, man, this is, like, really bad. Everyone hates this guy because he he didn't handle he didn't the situation. He didn't mess hall with anybody, huh? He didn't, no, no way. He had his own doesn't f- mess halls on the thing. Uh, had his own food, food brought in and all that shit. Yeah. Jeez, really? So anyway, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have anything to do with the movie, but that's kind of stupid. Anyway, Uh, so here's the other thing, though: is I don't like, and I'm getting to the end here, folks. You'll see. Um, I don't like how they how they you know just um, fell back on the original story so many times. That's like a quarter of the movie where they're you know showing you know replays and flashbacks and people looking out into space and thinking deeply and stuff like that that's 35 years ago come up on a whole completely different freaking story have the picture of ghosts in your plane or something you know here's my buddy and blah 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 and and then just go in the, the whole move i mean two-thirds of the movie is that it's the training and it's you know this kind of personal stuff between him and goose jr who just happens to be in the uh in the flight okay anyway get to the end hang on so too many flashbacks is what you're saying. Too many flashbacks. I mean flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean they use actual footage from the original movie and stuff, yeah. which is just like, eh, what are you cheaping it out now? Um, okay. They don't really get into what Top Gun is about. This is another thing that bothers me. First of all, Top Gun isn't in San Diego. I think it's up in Fallon, Nevada, right, Coco? Yes, it's moved up to NAS Fallon. Okay, NAS Fallon. So, but this is all near the water and stuff like that, and, and in the beach. And I can kind of see that because that's where the first one took place. But you have to explain to the audience that what these people really do is is our fighter pilots go out there and they train against people who are flying airplanes that are most like Chinese and Russian fighters. And there, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters playing the generals you know you need some aggressive squadrons and they shoot each other with laser beams in the movie it looks like everyone just goes up and flies and they shoot each other yeah, you're well, not really Mac, I, I, well you're not really sure what the hell they're I, doing i, I got to put a small correction in on that at top gun you go there and you train on a continually building uh syllabus to perfect your air to air and air to ground your strike skills yes so yes there will be aggressors there'll be other units that that will come in and they'll scrimmage but what happened in this particular one is that they pulled in all the Top Gun graduates, all the best of their best graduates yes. for this mission, which was basically a complete takeoff on Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, well, Canyon run at, at the Death Star. Number two. <laughs> number two on my list. Yes. But don't you think that they have to at least show like the aggressive pilots? And that'd be even cooler. The aggressive pilots, these guys dress up like Russians. The and... Top Gun is not Top Gun above Top. It's Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, it's like they're I in the know. title. They're talking about this arc of a journey of a guy who mm. carries all this guilt from killing his backseater back 30 plus wow. years ago yes. to where he's at now. Okay. And I guess I get that because I carry around my baggage for things that went short and some people that didn't, you know, didn't come, didn't make it back. Top Gun 3, Coco. Hang on. All right, can I? That'll be about a 15-minute feature. You've already been in the movies there, brother. 
All right, here we go. Number two. You ready? The whole mission that they're up to. The whole mission they're up to is stupid. And, and this, is, this is why. And this is a case of knowing too much about stuff. All right. And this is what they basically stole from me. You got this uranium plant in Iran. It's obviously Iran, though they don't say Iran. And you fly, as Coco said, they have to fly down very low between the valleys. And it's just like the Star Wars. It's exactly like Star Wars. You know, and in and out. And there's a lot of tension. They're going really fast. A lot of CGI there and, and throughout the movie. Not as much as I thought, but there's a lot of CGI in there. And um, and it's too quickly edited. In the first movie, you kind of knew what they were doing. In this one, everything is moving really fast. But anyway, that's what they do. And then they got to bomb this thing, pinpoint bomb this thing with laser sightings and stuff. And then they have to pull up into a 9G climb to get up and over this mountain, which also is covered with SAM missiles. And the whole place is, uh, has enemy fighters flying around. What you do is you send out the B-2 bomber, which costs us all a billion dollars each, right? They go over the place about eight miles high. They drop two bombs, and they land and having lunch before anyone knows what happened. You don't send in. <laughs> Am I right, Coco, or not? In the real world? Uh, no disagreement. And here's how I'm going to – And not that I needed to be prepared for this because we didn't really talk about our list. That's what they should have done with bin Laden. But why didn't they do it with bin Laden? Because they wanted proof, and they wanted a body to come out. Sometimes you want to do this. The other part that you're waxing on, and which surprises me just a tad bit, I completely agree with you, Max. Go ahead. You know, this is this is a B two, which is two billion dollars per copy. Just by the way, just keeping you know, track for the taxpayers that are paying for this. Al just passed out. He's a taxpayer. Yes, go <laughs> yeah, ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> get get that man a G suit when you put him back on the seat, please, because we got more bad news about money coming. Go ahead. But you had to. Uh, they, they they ran this element to show no one who was wearing stars should have allowed this mission to go. They should have said, are you crazy? And I think that's one of the really cool things about But, how, but how about, but how, how, how effed up we have got? Yeah, but you know, you know that, and I know that. We're doing. You know that, and I know that, but, but that's because we follow these things. For the, for the Right, but I also think a lot of this, this country understand it, too, the way we walked out of Afghanistan. Oh, I mean, this has I not. All right, next. I'm going to go to number one. Here we go. There, I'm going to go to number one. We, we, we moved out of Afghanistan on an agreement the former president made. I'm not talking about politics tonight, okay? Yep. Uh, yeah. Here we go, well, here we, we go. Number one, number one, number one. I'm just going to cut it out. Number one. Okay, here's the thing. And uh, Hang on. All right, hang on, let me get to this one. Okay, all right, here's the punchline. Number one, ready? Number one reason Mac didn't like Top Gun to Maverick, okay? There is no number one because here's the weird thing. After you get past the backstory and the love interest and him sailing out in the boat and all this kind of stuff, and they finally do the mission, it turns into a really good movie. I know it's probably a shock to hear that, but it really does. When they finally do the mission, all the stuff that, you know, that happened before is just like shoe leather, you know? When they do the mission, there's, there's an element to it where there's almost a sense of humor to it. Okay, there's almost a sense of humor, like, what the F are we doing? Okay, this makes right. no sense. Everyone hates us, okay? No, and no one gives us a, any kind of chance of pulling this off. In fact, even the top guys, John Hamm doing his madman, you know, impersonation, it's like, nice to know you type stuff, you know? Um, and there's, there's just something, it changes the movie. And then what happens, you know, with the bombing room and all that stuff, that happens, okay, fine. What happens after that? I don't really want to say, but I got to say, once they reintroduced the F-14, I said, finally, you got it. 
you got it. You understand why people are here at this movie because they love the old movie. They don't care about the story. They want to see him and an old Tomcat flying. I really thought that was a, a brilliant piece. And then when they're fighting with those two uh, Doom fighters or whatever, really, really good. When they're trying to communicate with the pilots and they're going, I don't know what the F this guy is saying. <laughs> you know, there was just something about it, you know. So I got to give it, I was going to give it a F minus. But I got to say, for the last third of the movie, uh, you know, it brings it up to, I'm going to say a B. I'm going to say a B. I would recommend people really? go see it. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's good. It's an exciting movie. From well, we ought to skip. We ought to skip like the first three quarters of it. Yes. And just see the last quarter. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree because that's when everyone kind of gets a chance to do more than just you know look bad at each other and fight each other all over the pool table and playing Jerry Lee Lewis. Give me a freaking break, you know. Don't <laughs> rely so much on the old movie because people don't know what the freaking old movie is. Start the movie. Well, you know, make it more like a wingman movie, a wingman book, basically. Everyone just, you know, they go and do it. You know what I mean? And then the but next. Lose the Lady Gaga stuff. I don't even know where Lady Gaga is in the movie. I don't, I don't, I can't remember her singing. Or, I don't know. I don't know why, how she's in it. She doesn't do the film score. That's for sure. But anyway, that's my, uh, yeah, the Rumble in the Jungle. Let's, uh, please. Wow. Oh, wow. oh, that production. Roller coaster. Wow. <laughs> that, yes. Yeah. Go see it. I'm going to recommend going to see it. Well, at least it wasn't your dog of the week. No, 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 no. I was surprised. But anyway, it's not the greatest movie in the world. Fast forward through the first three, five. Especially now that it's free. And please, everybody, see the movie Devotion. See Devotion. Devotion. I wrote it down. down. Much better movie. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? Take a breath, regroup, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoleptic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Mac Maloney's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. The tooth. You want the tooth. You can't handle the tooth. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac, and we're only going to show we have for you tonight. Um, let me uh, very quickly introduce you to the members of the posse. Because we have a celebrity in the studio with us, and his time is very limited. Uh, first of all, girls, um, 
very famous Juan Juan Lear across the Potawani. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Also down there, up there in the great state of Maine, looking at us, out at us from his bunker, the slit in his bunker. Manicobra, how you doing? Coco. As Mac, always a privilege to be on mm-hmm. the morning. Thank you so much. Was I uh, too rough on you in the ring there in the fr- in the previous segment? Oh, dude, please don't 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 even try to. Uh, what you know? Drum up sympathy for you. Just take a breath. Let the G's, the blood will come back to your head. You're okay, fine. I got. It. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna hit the B.O.B. the blackout button. Down there, uh, speak about blacking out. Down there in West Virginia, Switchy is with us. Switchblade, how you doing? Uh, I'm beyond wonderful. Okay, our uh, security chief Willie Club is also here. Hey, Mac, I'm great. What a great debate that was. I yes. think if you guys are in the same studio, yes. it might have come in fisticuffs. That would have been cool, huh? Even though we're on radio, yeah. Uh, also, in the studio with us tonight, he can say hi, is uh, Uncle Al. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Um, UFO <laughs> mechanic. Al Ronaldo. Al, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mac. Good to be here. Also, brightening up everything is Raven. Our uh, good witch up there in Sideways New York, Raven. Hi. Thanks for having me. Looking... Very, very alluring tonight. Is that the word? Is that the right word? I don't know. I'm running out of words. Boy, Raven, you that can was close. say that. We're all I saying. don't know where it was going with that one. Anyway, neither, you say alarming or alluring? Neither did I. As it turns out. Yeah, both of them work, I guess. I, I would think intriguing. I think intriguing. Intriguing was maybe the think, word, though. I think she tonight she's an alluring uh, skater or something. Is that it? Skater? Yes, right. Yeah, the skateboarder. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. My head was cold. Also... <laughs> Okay. Also, uh, joining us is uh, Dr. Bob out there in Chicago. Dr. Bob Gross, how you doing, Dr. Bob? Hello, everyone. It's a real pleasure to be here. Okay. Hello, doctor. I got to ask Hello. you this every time. Our marijuana prescription is still in the pipeline, correct? Uh, yes, but I was going to talk a little bit about Cheech and Chong tonight. Oh, really? You had to get us in the mood? <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, let me turn to our celebrity here. His time is limited. Shove is out front, beeping the horn and his rolls. <laughs> P. Falcone, the owner of the vast Falcone Entertainment Empire, please, everybody. Thank you. And you know. Pleasure to be back. We will sweeten that It's it's particularly great to see uh, Coco. I haven't seen him in months. Coco's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he was out there protecting Oahu Beach. Okay. Bikini Beach. But you have something that'll be be something dropping off you soon. uh Uh-oh. Our our annual gift. Ah, That could be anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be standing by. But it's great to see everybody. But I, I didn't mean to single out. To, no, no. So, yeah, how how's things with you? Uh good, good, yep. busy. Okay. Yep. You know the the post holiday rush. So, yep. you know, Seacoast oldies, right? Is yeah. what the uh, is the cake that everyone uh, wants a piece of. Yeah, that's uh, right. What though? You you play music between what years? Are good. Uh, we go back uh, to the um, about the late '60s up uh-huh. to uh, the early '80s. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's what they call classic hits. Yes. How many? How many? How many songs on the hit li- on the uh, playlist? Would you say? Oh, there's a ton. I mean, there's there's probably a thousand that get turned over, really? but then yeah. and then others that get filtered in and out all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, a thousand. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Eight hundred and a thousand. Yeah. At least it's not a hundred. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's a yeah. big selection. Yeah, the okay. hits just keep on coming. Yep. So it's yeah. at WXEX where we are in Exeter where the original Exeter incident. Where else uh, what else do you control? Uh, we have two radio stations uh, in Bangor, Maine. Yes. One is uh, called the Legends WGUI and one is called The Wave. The Wave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is one of them Yacht Rock? Don't you have a Yacht Rock? Uh, no, no, no. We have a show, a Yacht Rock show okay. on Seacoast Oldies. But uh, and what's that? The music you listen to when you're on your yacht? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, get that. and we have the Legends in uh, Sanford, Maine, another oldie station. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's cool. That I, I love listening to oldie stations. I hate to say it, but you know, especially when you know every song. Yeah. That's what's good about it. So well, listen. Yeah. You've been doing some interesting bumpers lately. Bumpers meaning uh, you know before ads, before the shows, segments come yeah, on and drop-ins, so on. whatever. Drop-ins. Yeah. 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 Show this yeah. time. Yeah, okay. I've, I've, I've got a couple of particular favorites. Uh, okay, well, sure. you're going to get a letter from uh, Coco's attorney for the last one. He said, okay. <laughs> the Rumble in the Jungle. Okay. He's already dictated. Okay, the, the Haseem thing didn't go over. <laughs> well, well, you know, it probably is too inside. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> but anyway, you did a, uh, a more frightening one. Walk the home, as we say in the business. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you made the mistake of telling us that you went on the inter- the Ancestry tea there, my friend. Uh, please, um, uh, you've... Um, uh, Pete, you've done a, a scarier... Uh, yeah, yeah. We did a, a really kind of spooky one uh, not all that long ago uh, to uh, introduce Raven, which was the you know really the, the force behind it, to be mm-hmm. able to do something for Raven at something special. Raven's new show. And yeah, it was all about Raven's new show, which was a lot of fun to produce. Lock your doors, close your windows, and turn out all the lights, because it's time for... Raven's Scary Movie Hour. Exploring the deep and dark depths of the most frightening movies ever. This show is not for the faint of heart. So consider yourself warned. Now, here's Raven. This is Raven's new show. is called Raven's Scary Movie Hour, which is going to be debuted sometime in the next few weeks. And uh, if the bumper is any indication, it's going to be a pretty wild show because I was here when you're putting it together and saw your mastery <laughs> at doing it. Especially yeah. the screaming woman, I thought yeah. was really good. Putting the echo on that yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. What it took to get her to scream like yeah, that. Well, was, you know, yeah. That's another yeah. show, as yeah. I say in the movie. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Pete, for joining us. My pleasure. Okay. okay. My pleasure. Always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And anytime thank you want so to drop much, in on us, good to so see good you, Pete. Oh, thank you. Great to see everybody. Raven wants to clap for you thank again, you. Pete. I love, so. it. I love <laughs> it. Anytime, Raven. Anytime. Go. Yes. Thank you, Pete. Go ahead. I really enjoy the fact that you've been playing Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone so often uh, around the Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yeah. Did you see I Top Gun Maverick? I most certainly did. You saw it? What is that? Give it a, a rating, A through F. I'll give it an A. Really? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Were yeah. you listening to the I, earlier I thing? Was, I was into it, but I, 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 there was such a – Cobra and I have been talking about it for three years. Oh, so, boy. you know, it was like such a, a build-up to it. Go ahead. Know, so. Yes. And uh, you know when, that I, when I saw Tom Cruise, I said, I know a guy just like that. that uh, Who, one one? Uh, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cobra. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's, let me ask you this though. Did you know that Tom Cruise has a tooth in the middle of his, in the middle of his top teeth? Do you know that? If you no. look at Tom Cruise, you know how everyone has a gap yeah. right underneath their nose. Yeah, he has a tooth right in the middle of it. Really? And next time you see him, look at it, and once you know it, you can't unsee it. Right? Okay. I spent half the movie looking for Mr. it. Mr. Falcone. Yes. It's good for a it's good for a billion bucks if you make the right movie. So I'm going to the dentist to get my teeth ring. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, the stunt double right there. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you a couple oh. other things too in the movie. Yeah, you know, Tom Cruise has to run in every one of his movies. Do you know that? He does a lot of running. Yeah. yeah. He does his own running too. He does his own running, and he's running yeah. in the snow-covered forest, which looks pretty funny. And then at some point, like I said, I don't want to ruin everything, but but he meets someone else in the snow-covered forest, and this person is taller than him. 
But if you look at the conversation, I went back and forth. For a little while, the guy is tall for him, and then he slowly, unless he's melting on the ice, he's slowly slinking down. <laughs> To Tom Cruise's height, which is like five three, hmm. that's something, right? He's actually five seven. I looked yeah. it up while we were while oh, we really? were chatting, and he's also a Cancer because I had to know his he sign. Really, he's a water yeah. sign. I mean, God, oh, no, we're the worst. Yeah, no, he, he's a he's a weirdo. He's an unrelatable weirdo guy. I mean, when he jumped around on Oprah's couch, who the <laughs> f does that? I know, and I just <laughs> actually watched him in another classic uh, the other night, the one with Jack Nicholson. Um, uh, was you that, can't handle that, the truth. Yeah, you can't, you truth. can't handle the truth. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know? yeah. Really. I hadn't watched that in a couple of years. Yeah. Minority he's Report. Bad. He's in Minority Report, directed by Steven Spielberg. It's a great movie. And then everything else he's done, he's a movie star. He's mm-hmm. a movie star. He's not an actor. You know, he's but he makes a lot of money, so he must be doing something right. Yeah. Speedwell making a lot of money. Let's clap yeah, Pete yeah, off yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. A pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you, Pete. Thanks, thanks for having me. We'll see you very soon. Okay. Pete Falcone, owner of the vast Falcone Entertainment Empire. We record here at WXEX here in Exeter. Have a lot of fun here, as it turns out. So where were we? Uh, Real quick, you know what I find interesting? He said, this is a classic station, Mm -hmm. and they play from the late 70s on to to the uh, early 90s. So I'm, I'm looking at... 60s, saying, 70s, and a bunch I'm of I'm saying at, at that point, it's past my yeah. expiration point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, really? wow, I, I'm, wow, I'm older than I thought. You've heard all the songs before, and they're all, they're all the songs you want to hear again. Yeah, That's they're great. I mean, yeah. I love them, but, you know, I, I, you know, I'm getting old, I guess. Uh, you, you said it, not us. Now. So anyway, well, I remember when, we've been t- Mac, you remember when the station, when it was a new report? Yes. Um uh, they were playing, you know, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, mm-hmm. and that stuff. Yep. It hits of the that, 50s. That demographic uh, passed on, so you couldn't really sell a lot of advertising to them. And, right. You know. Yeah, they move up a generation up. I mean, almost, good. you know. They yeah, move, well, every 10 years, they got to yeah. move up one, so. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, interesting uh, place here. Anyone who's ever uh, taught it, and uh, interesting how the business works here. Um, a lot of it is um, automated. But anyway, it's been great to us. So now... Before we get into Dr. Bob talking to us about how mylar rubber and how it, uh, you know, intersects with the Roswell incident or whatever, Raven, should we ask, switch the uh, the big question? Yeah, I think it's really burning on everyone's mind. Okay. We should probably go to switch. Switchy. You ready? I'm ready. We're, okay. All right. Does he look a little chubbier, which might mean that he had a full of breakfast this morning or something? Uh, wow. I don't know. I didn't want to. I, I don't want to be the guy. that from him, Switch? I'm the guy. In, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, switch, please. Uh, the entire Earth wants to know. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thinking that was just really good timing. Now he's back that's with really <laughs> <funny>. Switchy. <laughs> what did you? Uh, here he's back. Switch. What? What did you have for breakfast this morning? I'm gonna guess just by looking at him. I'm gonna say he stayed in tonight, today, this morning. Switch, please. I went out this morning. Oh God. Okay. All right. No betting tonight. Go ahead. What did you have? All right, so you went to? Uh, just up the street to Tudor's Biscuit World. Ooh, biscuit <laughs> World. Tudor's? Yes. I had, I had the country breakfast. Go ahead. With two eggs over easy, white toast, bacon, and home fries. Yes. And hot black coffee. Wow. Okay. All but the bacon. I would eat that up. That sounds scrumptious. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll eat your bacon. <laughs> you can have hey, 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 h
<laughs> I, I'm going to guess. Aching for your bacon. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh I, my God. I, I used to have that bumper sticker. Listen, I'm going to guess that costs you about three three dollars and eighty cents down there. What? How much? Uh, no, it was uh, about double that. Like okay. Maybe six, seven bucks. Six really, bucks. Really wasn't very expensive. So listen. So did you have the the biscuits with the gravy? <laughs> that the white gravy that all the Confederacy? No, 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 I didn't didn't have any any uh, biscuits and gravy. Oh wow, okay, oh, all right. But you're at Biscuit World. What's that's like being to? Uh... Well, you, you can't you can't have biscuits and gravy all the time. That's no, why it becomes kind of. You that's know, why he's looking a little chubby. Blase. Every other day, would be good. biscuits and gravy should never become routine or blase. <laughs> that's true. Okay, wow. Wow. Okay. wow. We should true, frame that. That's what that little kid did in uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He had too many Turkish lights. What? And then, you know, he couldn't couldn't have handle anymore. Couldn't fit through it. Too much of a good so, thing. So he couldn't fit through the wardrobe anymore? Oh, he could. They, that was that was fine. But, yeah. A lot of drugs involved with that story and that movie. <laughs> that was a cool story. <laughs> so anyway. We had a wardrobe that looked a lot like that. We kept opening it up for the kids and, oh, it's still a wardrobe. Something, <laughs> putting them in there <laughs> for a while. Did you let them out again? <laughs> yeah, right. I was gonna say, how long they stay in there? How, how long do they have to stay in there? <laughs> oh, listen, let's address the uh, elephant in the room, okay? Because we have a lot of uh, British listeners, and we should say that this week, Prince Harry, who, as far as we know, doesn't have seventy-two sticky teddy bears lined up in his bedroom. He's a little more intimate than that. Really, just you know, told everyone the dirty laundry. And more. I mean, I've seen three interviews it, with this guy. It's not all dirty laundry, but not all dirty, dirty laundry. laundry. It's behind the scenes stuff that you would not believe is going on. And I don't know why it's going on, but I feel bad for this guy. I feel bad that 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 he feels that he's come to it because he's an he's an interesting guy and he's not some dumb royal guy, man. This guy knows his stuff. He was an Apache helicopter pilot. He's gotta have something yep. on the ball. But to be in a position where he has no money. Cal Taliban killed. Yeah. But he has no money. That's how they punish, you know, everybody, you know, their family members, is they cut them off from this royal teat, excuse me, and he has to go out and look for, I guess, other forms of money. Or money, employment. Money that he's been accustomed to, let's say. Know the feeling. Yeah. Well, he, he, chose, he chose that path to begin with. But, you know, in, I, I don't have his book yet. I, I do want to maybe uh, – Try and get a copy of Waterston's down here. Mm. The stuff he talks about his he's mother complimentary is complimentary in a lot of ways, but you know he's got uh, he's got some issues there, and it, a lot of it goes back to how uh, he was treated when he wanted to uh, get a little bit more information on how the hell uh, she, Princess Di died. He didn't think that yeah. she was really dead for like ten years. He thought that she had faked it just to get away from everything. That's really he was, sad. No. Yes, and, like, and he was waiting for know, her to walk in the door every day. He talks about it. And, and, and he's not PSing you. This is what a little kid thought, you know? Yeah. And then he ends it by saying the last thing she saw in her life was a flashbulb going off, you know? It's like, yeah. what's the point of all this? It's, it's um, and then I would say it on all ends. It really isn't. So anyway, what made me think about it was uh, he talks about Camilla. Now, Camilla is mm -hmm. his stepmother, okay? Right. She took Diana's place in a way, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, Diana was still there. Well, she was still there. Well, once again, there was a three-way going on there. there. I don't think there was a three-way going on there. You know, I'd work down at Bristol Recording Studios, right? One, one, you know that. Yeah, yeah. And indeed. there was a guy there who used to work there. He was a he was a filmmaker and he was British. And Camilla was his aunt. 
Okay. Really? And when Carmilla was a teenager, she was his aunt. And she used to wow. babysit him and his brother. And what she used to do is, you reminded me of it, they, she used to lock them in a wardrobe and just keep them in there for like two or three hours. And then, you know, don't tell your parents and they let them out. Oh, she sounds great. Oh, she's the worst, <laughs> man. She's, she was just born to be a social climber and somehow she got as close as you can get to the Queen of England. That just tells you how screwed up things are. I think they should just take that whole – I felt bad because he is so into it that it means something. It doesn't mean anything in my eyes. I don't know. Too passionate. About I think it. Harry genuinely is trying to patch things up. But um, this book, they, you know, the, all the tabloids, newspapers, which just about every newspaper except the London Times is a tabloid newspaper here. Yes. And they've just uh, – the headlines are really all you know, totally negative and – yes. You know, well, you How know, when you when Dirty Harry was one headline I saw. After yeah. what he said about Camilla, you think his father? No, he's done. Is ever going to talk to him again? No one. I mean, his no. Father? And with the queen he, gone, he really tore into her. Yeah, yeah he did. He no. tore into his brother big time. It's not going to. Yeah, it, that's oh, what he, I mean. It's he, like that. You really think have, about this? You'll never get in that door again. You, you remember the one that left there during the war? He married an American. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they threw him, that was it. Now this kid. I can't see them ever taking him back after what they uh, quoted, things that he's talking about in that book. Yep. Oh, I, particularly his father. You know, that, as you know, that's probably the most dysfunctional family in the world. But yes. Mm-hmm. That's what you get when two cousins marry. You know, <laughs> <three> cousins. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes. True. It's a very dysfunctional family. There's a lot of money rolling around, but there's also this kind of these rules that they have to live by. And if you're not. Uh, you know, if you're not one of them, it's not going to be easy on you. You know what I mean? I hate to say it. We're not going to bring it up a lot. But, you know, when, when they had – when these two had their first kid, okay, because she's biracial, they had pictures of them, you know, walking out of the hospital with a monkey. I mean, you know, who, who wouldn't be mad at the press for something like that? <laughs> who wouldn't be that's, offended? Yeah, that's was, your infant. It's really awful what they You know, did. I mean, you really got to go to that. And, and according to Harry, if you want to listen to him, and I think he's – Bearing a soul on everything, so why not this? All that information is filtered from this section of Buckingham Palace that wants to keep the status quo. And you know they don't want an American woman in there. They don't want an American biracial woman in there. That's for sure. But you know now now they're there. Now what are you going to do? The queen is dead. You know the king. He's a, he's a you know a fog. Uh, I don't know. I don't no, know. he seems like he's doing. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. He's staying out of the headlines. That's, you know, as best as he can. Anyway, so for our British listeners, uh, any of them who are left. Well, as <laughs> an American right. here living Yeah, in that might have just <laughs> sent the <laughs> whole island to I kind of support the guy right now. I'm sort of I, I support him, too, because he seems like a nice guy. He seems yeah. like a good guy. You know, he seems like he's and, very sincere of what he's saying, but it's just like so awkward to talk about stuff so in-depth so, in the so family. So the open. Yeah, I mean he's got a, he's got a couple of axes to grind, and he's grinding them. So you know, hey. Yeah, and I mean the thing is too is like he didn't ask for this. You know, this is what he was born into. Born into. Not really like he had a ton of choices because you know again if you leave, yeah, that's you, a whole other. You're story gone. Yeah, you're cut off. Your family. You got to play your part in this whole kind of play that they have. Yeah. You know, but I mean that's a, it feels the, uh, like spare. a lose lose situation. But I yeah. don't know. I mean, you know what you're getting into, but anyway, I know it's just kind of, uh, it's weird, especially to the um, kind of American uh, mind. But let me, I'm going to throw one more question to Coco about this, then we're going to off the subject. So both of those kids, Prince William and Prince Harry, 
were in the military, and both of them were helicopter pilots. Both of them saw combat. Do you think that was, you think that was on the level? I would love to think that that really happened with those guys, but don't you think the last thing they want is one of them to die over there? Well, with William, since he was the first heir, I'm sure it was much more controlled, uh, the situation that he was in, um, until uh, he married and had an heir. That's generally, I think, uh, a very precautionary part uh, of it. Um, in the case of Harry, uh, I'm a little bit more familiar with his career, and he definitely liked to lean into uh, the situation. Uh, everyone that I've met, and I've met a few folks that were pretty close to his units, had nothing but praise to say about his, he, he was very genuine. He was really into what he was doing when he was wearing the uniform. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's a higher risk since uh, he is the, the second in, uh, in line. Um, and that's not uncommon with uh, with royals. You look back at um, uh, Queen Elizabeth and and her husband. Her husband was was a true uh, naval combat officer. And he, he was in some pretty uh, tight spots during World War II. Go ahead. So that tradition is, it remains pretty high. It's hard to fake, that, yeah. Uh, it's hard to fake it because if if they did fake it. You would hear about it, but you'd never hear anything yeah, about I, them faking it. So. They're very careful how they do it. Now, obviously, they're, they're one of the reasons they keep that they, they went towards helicopters and they didn't have them fly fighters is because having the multi-crew aircraft yeah. allows to have a certain level of protection you know, that, that, uh, for that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I, I don't diminish anybody who puts on the uniform and actually does the training. This right. isn't something they were, they were awarded or it was passed out. I don't think that there was much chance of them failing. I, I yes, think but, they probably they were, but they did. You know, they they got handed the mail back, and they could carry the mail. There's there's a third prince, Prince Edward, who made it in Sandhurst, Sandhurst for like exactly four hours one morning, and then yes, he wanted to go he home. Didn't, he didn't he didn't mesh well with the program. Yeah, Sandhurst is like the British uh, West Point, even tougher. Anyway, all right, let's switch over from the crumpets to our um, guest. If he's still awake, Doctor Bob, yes, Krause, how you doing? Let's give Bob a round of applause. Oh. Well, just, thank you. I'm not get up loyalty. Right. Not yet. <laughs> so how are you tonight there, Dr. Bob? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Yes, I'm yes. Uh, pretty excited about some of the uh, research I ran across recently. Okay. And and what is it? Does it have to do with Mila? Because that was the thing that caught my eye in your email. Yes. And actually, when we were talking about a uh, project that we might work on down the road. Go ahead. And I started doing some research. Yes, yes. And... I ran into some things that I really didn't expect to run into that I had been, you know, dancing with for a few years. Sounds like us after the show, but go ahead. Yeah. No, well, right. yeah, the, uh, the whole thing was, you know, I was talking earlier, we talked about, remember Cheech and Chong back in the 70s, that right. comedy duo? Yes, I have a foggy memory of them. Go ahead. <laughs> and they, they had a sketch one time that was called Sister... Uh, Mary Elephant, I think it was. Oh, I guess I had her in the third grade. Go ahead, please. Yeah, yes. Right. And in that in that sketch was another nun. Her name was Sister uh, Rosetta Stone. Okay, sounds better. Than Sister you remember Mary, her, Sister Mary Elephant. And Go ahead. Basically, I was thinking of that because what I think I ran into when I was doing my research is like the Rosetta Stone of basically possibly the whole. UFO phenomena phenomenon. Go ahead. 
Is. So, and uh, what it caught my attention and just accidentally I picked up on it was the whole key to the, uh, it's called UAP phenomenon yes. seems to be Myler. Myler. What we call Myler. The today. rubber, it's a rubber substance, man made substance that is, goes on balloons, right? Well, it's actually a, uh, it's a plastic. Okay. It's a, it's a type of plastic that has been usually uh, coated. It's a plastic that's coated with metal. Okay. Eventually, it's coated with metal. Yes. And it was invented way back in 1941. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's technically called polyethylene terephthalate, or PET. It's a type of film. Okay. Yes. And it was invented back in 1941. And it was, they started making things like balloons with it. Mm -hmm. and then jumping ahead to 1945, that's when World War II ended. Mm -hmm. And it ended with two atomic bombs being dropped on Japan. Yes. And Japan and other countries were still trying to perfect their atomic bombs. Mm -hmm. and the United States was concerned about that. And in 1945, there was a Dr. Maurice Ewig. Okay. He described how sound waves, they thought, you know, were traveling in the upper atmosphere. And the sound waves, they were needed to get balloons to go high up in there to see who was exploding the atomic bombs. Yes. And that's how they started, actually, around 1946, they started experimenting with that. Right. They, with, started, uh, they started with the balloons. Balloons over the Soviet Union with audio devices on it to see if they could pick up you know, the sound waves of nuclear explosions going off. Yeah, they could just send those balloons up, and hopefully they'd find this channel, and then they could, with the microphones on mm -hmm. it, and then they could hear who was exploding those sounds. Right, yes. Or oh. Those bombs, not the sounds. Right. So now, but they were, they, these balloons were released in the same kind of uh, geographical area as Roswell, right? Yes, it was, they were released in New Mexico. And they started actually back in around 1946, there was a contract that was put together with NYU, New York University, and the Air Material Command okay. to create these uh, high altitude, uh, constant level balloons. Mm -hmm. And they were experimenting with all types of materials for the balloons, as well as shrouds for the balloons right. and coatings. Okay. And that was back as far as 1946. Okay. But one of the things the contract also had in it is that those balloons had to be trackable. Okay. So they had to figure out a way that they would be trackable. Okay. And in my opinion, at least, that contract between New York University and Watson Laboratories of the Air Material Command was possibly one of the first military industry complexes. Oh, military industrial complex, yes. Yes. Yes, with the business and the military and schools all being in it together, colleges. Go ahead. So that that's what's, what started to strike so, me. So, so was some of that, was some of, was Mylar somehow found in the, the, you know, the debris of Roswell? Uh, that's basically what they found. Hmm. Now, that's 
that's what I started looking at was that that actually the uh, material, uh, the trademark Myler didn't come about until 1951. Mm-hmm. But there were in the 40s, like in the 46, 47 and so forth, they were experimenting with basically polyethylene balloons mm-hmm. and they were experimenting with coating them back then with aluminum. Okay, so so let me ask you this though. Okay, so if if we have the evidence we have is that these balloons, uh, this this program to launch these balloons was you know ongoing. Number two, they would launch them in New Mexico. Number three, they had my, mylar coatings on them. Number four, in the Roswell debris, they found mylar. So therefore, how could it have been a UFO? Well, it, that's what I'm saying now. Even now, when I started backing up my research, I went further back than Roswell. Mm-hmm. And I, that's when I started finding traces of the use of mylar Throughout. that no one even thought of. Okay. But, 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 because, oh, okay, but it would not be on an alien spaceship, right? No, not at all. It was, it was something. Now, they were keeping it secret because Project Mogul that was going on at yes. that time. Right. And uh, they, they, you know, the balloons were being invented back by in 1946. Yes. And you know, Roswell didn't happen until 47. Yes. But uh, if you take a look at, um, okay, let's take a look at the material they were using. Uh, the uh, pet balloons, the polyethylene yes. terephthalate. Yes, yes. Okay, that they they were a plastic, and they were very they they were disc like. Yes, yes. And they were shiny, and they they were had a low profile when they were didn't have any air in them. Uh, okay. So they were basically when they were not inflated, they looked like shiny discs. Wow, interesting, huh? Is that right? And, yeah. <laughs> and then when. Uh, when uh, what was it, Kenneth Arnold? Remember Kenneth yes, Arnold? Yes, yep. Saw the first kind of flying saucers over Washington right, right around this time. Go ahead. He, yeah, he he saw those 47. in June. Yep, June of forty-seven, nineteen forty-seven. Right now, when I looked at the original records and what he saw, what yes. he claimed he saw, yes, were uh, things that were convex. Yes. Yep. Right. And they were they were uh, he said they were they looked like they were skipping. And he said they were it looked originally they looked like they were discs, and they were uh, there were like nine of them lined up in a row mm-hmm. and moving well, as each moved. That's the other thing. You know, one would turn, the others would turn. They're moving like in a chain. Almost. Yes, and that's how they were experimenting with the early balloons. Oh, is that right? You know, the, oh God! How the uh, army and so forth with Project Mogul they were using solo balloons. They were using clusters of balloons. Really? Yeah. And they were using balloon trains. <laughs> okay, I believe. See, so, I believed Donald. I didn't. I, I didn't think anything happened to Roswell. But let me. You know. You know. That's that's interesting. That there was. There's never been any kind of like real explanation for what happened to Kenneth Arnold. And the strange thing is, is when he landed, and word got out about what he saw, and he was a pretty knowledgeable pilot. Um, he said to the press, "They look like." Sauces skipping across the ocean, but they really look like was batarangs, which we were talking about the last show. But the press picked up on the saucer thing, and all of a sudden, UFOs became flying saucers. But before we get to the end of the segment here, Doctor Bob, don't you say? Don't you think, in your estimation, that if man-made stuff is found at the Roswell crash site, then it couldn't have been of alien manufacture, right? 
Correct. I mean, there was, in my opinion, at least, and, when I, and again, I spent time in Roswell and I lived in New Mexico and so forth. Mm-hmm. There was nothing alien or, you know, uh, extraterrestrial intelligent control about what happened either with uh, Kenneth Arnold or in Roswell. Interesting. Wow. But something is out there. And there's more evidence that goes, you know, and this, this is, this is like a miler like product that they're experimenting with. They needed to have it, to have a successful space. Right. Yes. I could see that. But I got to tell you this before we come up on commercial, I got to tell you this is in between when, when Arnold saw his, when Arnold saw his, you know, flying saucers and, what happened in Roswell just a few weeks later. In between there, like thousands of people saw, had hundreds and hundreds of UFO sightings, flying saucer sightings across the United States. And and they continue today. Yes. So something something is happening, okay? Uh, Roswell, I always just never thought anything happened there because it really just was reincarnated in the 80s by a bunch of people who we might be talking about in later shows. But there wasn't a whole lot of real evidence to that where there are uh, there are UFO sightings that have lots of evidence and not, you know, any trace a mile or whatever. But listen, Dr. Webb, you're going to hang around with us for the next segment? Okay. Okay? Yes. Because we're coming up in the commercial. Now, here we go. So I'm just going to throw this to Club real quick. Club, Roswell, yes and no? No, I don't. Uh, I, I believe that there's a there are people out there. There are other life forms out there, of course, but I don't believe in uh, Roswell okay. as far as. Okay. UFOs. Because the club talks to all of us. So why don't we do this, right? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Star Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Imagine if there was a super secret satellite in outer space that could read your thoughts and alter your reality. Imagine if the U.S. government had no knowledge that this satellite even existed. Now imagine if such a powerful weapon fell into the wrong hands. In the latest adventure of Mac Maloney's best-selling detective series, codenamed Starman, Lieutenant Chris Starr of the Navy's X-Files team is given his strangest case yet. Track down the ghost of a rogue Navy SEAL who holds the secret to the God Satellite. Once again, teamed with beautiful Irish detective Mara McCann, Starr finds himself looking for clues from the streets of Rome to a mysterious snow-covered mountain in Arizona to Africa's forbidding skeleton coast. And finally, in outer space itself. But it's only when he realizes a secret vision in the desert points right back to where the case started does Star finally learn what the God Satellite is really about. That's the God Satellite, codenamed Starman, book number three by Mac Maloney, on sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. And listen to Mac's show to learn how you can win a free copy. Welcome back, everyone. It's Mac Maloney's Military Star Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show this has been tonight. Very quickly, girls. Very famous one is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. It's been an excellent show so far. It's been far. a very uh, interesting it. show. Coco is here, girls. Mills, Gills, and Gigi Gills. Cece's in the house with us. How you doing, Coco? Thanks, Mac. It's always a privilege to be on the wing. Okay. The chicken wing. Also, Switchblade Steve Ward down there in West Virginia joining us. Great, great to be here. Okay, he had uh, 
an outdoor breakfast today for those of uh, you know keeping score at uh, Joe's. Uh, what was it Joe's Biscuit House? What was it? Uh, out of the house, but inside a building. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tudor's Biscuit World. Yes. Tudor's Biscuit. Tudor's Biscuit World. Wow. Man. It just makes you want to go. Biscuit World. Wow. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Also yeah. in the studio with us here mm-hmm. is uh, El Ronaldo. Your full mechanic. Good Al. evening, Mac. Hello, everyone. Okay. Uh, our security chief, Willie Club, is here. We could have a softball hey, team. Whatever Great needs. show. Very yeah, interesting. Okay. And also, Raven is here. Raven. Uh, the light oh, my in, God. Hi. Thanks for having me. The light in our darkness. Okay. <laughs> Once again, how can you hang around with all these, you know, old white guys drinking beer? How do you know? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's funny because normally I have like the really downer stories. Go ahead. Like I'm, I'm normally like the dark, and you guys are kind of the light. Really? Like, okay. My me. reports are always like Debbie Downer. Yes. Okay. Well, wow. yeah, you'll never be Debbie Downer in our book. Also, listen. Also joining us is uh, Dr. Bob Gross out there in Chicago. Dr. Bob, thanks for joining us. Great to be here and honored yeah. to be here with all of you again. Do you ever tell your friends? You're on uh, frequently. Have you tell friends that you're on the show, or do you really kind of keep it to yourself? No, yes. I send out the uh, podcasts to relatives of mine, oh, ones I'm still talking to. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a few. Oh, right, we we should talk. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, um, we've done a number of things uh, tonight, and I just want to uh, remind everyone that Coming up very soon is uh, going to be Raven's Scary Movie Mystery Hour, okay? Scary Movie Hour, I should say, where we're going to be talking about, she's going to be talking about her scary movies, having special guests and so on. That's coming up in a few weeks. Raven, you did a great job on the first one. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I was so nervous. Were you really? <laughs> it was yeah. so fun, though. I feel like um, yeah. I feel like everyone's going to like it, it's and okay. I would love to hear Recording your- in progress. That's her now. I would love to hear your suggestions for anything you want us to do in the future. Yes. Did you hear that, Uncle Al? Yes, I Yeah, did. okay. I have no idea. Okay, I thought it was just me. That was No, well, no, I heard it. Okay. Phew. I thought it was those gummies I had. I thought we were getting busted. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I want to throw this to Switch because he has an interesting story tonight about a uh, crash in the 1920s and has kind of like a uh, man in black uh, element to it, Switchy. Yes. Uh, this came from, uh, now we all know John Keel, when he wrote the, he wrote the Mothman Prophecies, he spent uh, a good part of 1966 and 1967 in West Virginia. Well, while he was there, he met a, a retired reporter named Mr. John Cole. Uh, he was a, a retired newsman from West Virginia from some time back. Well, he told John Keel a story of something that happened in 1924. There was a local farmer that saw some kind of a strange, you know, he called it an airplane, uh, looked like it went down in the woods not too far away. In fact, this took place in Braxton County. Braxton County is the, uh, is the, was the home of the Flatwoods Monster from 1952. Interesting that another strange event happened in the same area. Well, excuse me. Uh, so they, uh, they got together, the sheriff, uh, uh, Cole, and some other people. They, they got kind of a, a search team together to try and find out where this plane went down. A, a very unusual sight in uh, West Virginia in 1924. And so they eventually, they found this, uh, this, this uh, uh, sort of, it was, uh, it looked like a kind of like a plane without propellers, without wings or whatever, very strange looking. And it had come down to this clearing. And uh, when they approached, 
Uh, there were several, there were about half a dozen men there and it looked very strange because they were all in, in, uh, in black suits with black ties. And, but there were also several others in, uh, in coveralls, kind of a shiny reflective coverall. Now they're all, they were all kind of short, about five feet tall. They looked like they might be Asian. And uh, in fact, one of the, a lot of these guys had taken guns with them. And one guy kind of went off the beam and thought, oh my God, these are spies. And he raised his gun up. Well, fortunately, the sheriff calmed him down and uh, they talked to, when, when they first approached, they could hear these people talking in kind of a, like a rapid fire foreign language. They couldn't, couldn't make heads or tails of it. Well, one of the men did speak English and he said that the, the craft had come down, nobody's hurt and uh, they're, uh, they're making repairs and they will uh, uh, give a report to the sheriff later on. Well, uh, that was that. Nobody was hurt. No laws were, were broken. So they, they left. And then uh, the uh, coal saw something laying on the ground, uh, apparently part of the craft, some small little, he just called it a thingamajig. We don't know what it was. But for some reason, he said, he put it in his pocket and didn't turn it over to the, in quotes, foreigners. Yes. So that yeah. night, he goes home. And of course, the uh, there never was any uh, follow up report uh, to uh, to this crash, and uh, the uh, they couldn't really make heads or tails as to why how how this team could even fly. But at uh, about three in the morning, now he lived in Weston, which isn't too far away. Uh, he was awakened by a, a loud knocking on the door, and he got up, and there was a, a man standing there. He had kind of a a uh, uh, a uniform on a military uniform, the old style with the wide brim hat. And he said very gruffly, you've got something that belongs to us. Mm. And he's kind of uh, half asleep and befuddled and thought, what's, and you think, Oh, it must be that thingamajig he picked up. So we went <laughs> and got it out of his coat pocket. Mm -hmm. The guy took it without a word and walked off. He didn't have a horse there. He didn't have a car or whatever. He couldn't figure out how they knew he had taken it or how they found him. What, what did it look so, like? What the thingamajig, I mean. He, he did, unfortunately, there's no description at all. I'd mm -hmm. love to know what this thing looked like. Yeah, go ahead. But uh, so anyway, they went back and uh, the craft was gone. There was uh, nothing in the clearing. And uh, uh, so they, they just had no explanation. Yep. Now, they, uh, and, and when they first approached the uh, the, the guys in coveralls, they, they, kind of, they were surprised to see anybody coming toward them and they and those guys went into looked like they were trying to hide inside the craft yes uh so uh now keel also talks about some other incidents um uh, uh of course uh, again you know the uh the the reaction was oh my god spies and of course yes yeah, they yeah. were spies there was something else yeah now um uh so they anyway they they left without a word now uh, Keel also got a letter uh, from a man in uh, in Oregon from the 1930s. Uh, it's a very similar incident, strange plane uh, crashes. The mm -hmm. locals uh, collected fragments from this thing. Then the U.S. Army comes and confiscates the pieces. This is a pattern that Jeez. keeps showing up time and time again. Up until now. Uh, what's that? You know, up until recently, too. Same thing. You know, you hear that same yes. story, you know. Well, there's another, in 1880, 
Galisto Junction, New Mexico, south of Santa Fe, March 26th, 1880. Four men see this sort of a fish-shaped, they called it a fish-shaped balloon going overhead. You know, shades of the airship mystery again. And uh, with about eight or ten figures, I could see it in the distance. And a vase, something falls from it, hits the ground, and this vase has these strange hieroglyphics on it. Yes. So they, they took it to the local general store to show, to prove that they had found this weird artifact. Then uh, not too long afterwards, a mysterious collector shows up <laughs> and purchases it, and it's gone. Uh, he also talks about a, he calls him a feisty Ohio farmer. Uh, he said a strange object landed in his field in 1966. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a circular glowing craft, nothing, nothing unusual there. And the next day, an Air Force officer in a black limo showed up cool. and uh, looking, again, kind of Asian. And he told him that now he didn't even report this event. He told him that he should not be talking about this uh, incident to anybody. Yes. So it, what it reminded me of is Jacques Vallée always talked about how the phenomena seems to negate itself. So you have an incident, you have something where there, perhaps there's something tangible, something you can put your hands on. Yes. And then it's just like in, in fairyland, you know, you can't get those treasures out of fairyland. They disappear or you get caught trying to get them out. Okay. Just like Betty and Barney Hill. They mm. wouldn't let Betty Hill have that book that she wanted to prove what had happened to them aboard the craft. Mm -hmm. At the last minute, they said, I'm sorry, you can't have the book. You know, it's so just you a, can't, I'm sorry. You can't get those treasures out of fairyland. You can't get that proof of whatever this is, uh, the others amongst us, extraterrestrial contact, or, or what have you. It just occurred to me, isn't Betty and Bonnie, aren't they the characters in the Flintstones? The neighbors, right? Isn't it oh, Betty and Bonnie? Yeah. Rubble. Betty and Bonnie oh. Rubble? Yeah, okay. All right, I just want to make sure that's just kind of uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always thought my vitamins were the hills. Betty and Bonnie Hill vitamins. I what? love those vitamins. Anyway. Oh, they were so good. Uh, well, Switchy, that's good. Anything, uh, anything to add? No, that's that's just yeah, it. That's these weird. interesting that's... patterns keep showing up. How they, right. how the how how uh, elusive the phenomenon is. Yet time after time, people in different uh, different parts of the globe, mm -hmm. different time periods, are experiencing the same general. Yeah, they kind seem of like the same script, you know, played out in exactly. a way. You know, yeah, that's yeah. very strange. Thank you, Switchy. Let's give Switch a round of applause. For that segment, but also he hasn't mentioned his cats once this show. Would you like to see the cats? No, 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 don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Send me a picture of one of them, and they're so cute. Okay, I'm sure they are. So listen, thank you, everyone, for participating in the show tonight. First of all, I want to say thank you to Coco. Let's give him a round of applause, too, because he didn't show his cat. He didn't show Zeppelin. Yeah, nothing. For partaking in the Rumble in the Jungle, I think that we both, you know, at the end of Two Long Road said, go and see the movie. It's it's an entertaining movie. breakdown on the show. Yeah. On, I think, though, Mac, no. the real credit is you had that technical filmmaker's viewpoint, and I think you really killed it explaining how you're going to, mm. you know, how you pulled it apart, mm. you know, all the problems you had with it. Yeah. I used to and make... I, I looked at it from the pilot, especially the military pilot mm -hmm. perspective, the things that drive me nuts hit it. But I got to tell you, I think someone deserves a little credit in the movies because I think, 
People were inspired by the Wingman series out of Midland. Well, someone there's a lot of uh, things in there that are that are similar, but then there's a lot of action adventure books out there. But but there's a lot of things in there. I think that maybe the the, the writer a read a lot style of books to it that I picked up on, and I kept saying there's a little bit of yeah. In fact, I told you, and then you told me how much you hated it. I didn't say that. I didn't use it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And uh, no way would he want to be associated with it. Anyway, exactly. no, no, but, no, that wasn't it at all. No, I, I came clean. Back. I think somebody like that, I think that you know they lifted some. Stucker, they were inspired by it. He goes, yeah. I absolutely hated that movie. I can't believe no. you like me. And that's what started it. And then anyway. here we are tonight. Right. You're like, hey, I think they low key plagiarized. No, you're no, like, no. oh, no, 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 nope, absolutely. I think not. the film school pr- perspective is always important. Well, it's you, it's, it's, the, you, know, you know how the sausage is made, and it wrecks a yeah. lot of things, frankly, to tell you the truth. Yeah, you know, we were talking on here, uh, off here, me and you, Juan, Juan, right about what perfect movies and stuff, and it's you, right. there's, you know, there's no perfect movie. People say I have perfect movies, but there's no perfect movie. But there are movies that are going to entertain you and not confuse you from beginning to end, and 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 make right. you go to another place. And you know, and and it's and and you know, there's a lot of crap out there that doesn't make you go to a place or a place you want to go to. Anyway, here's Hollywood calling me now. I'm going to sign a big contract, and Al will take over the show. Okay, okay. so <laughs> well, I was just going to say, when I watched the second uh, Top Gun movie, my only critique of it is he looks a little long in the tooth. Well, he he would be about that age, you know. I'm sorry, but he looks a little. Well, he like, does, but yeah. but Coco pointed that out. It, it, it's fighter pilots. It's kind of weird, but they do you know have them in their fifties and sixties. Okay, well you know, he because there's a lot of experience. That you know, they, maybe he's had some hard miles, but he looks a little long. Yeah, in the tooth. yeah, and he said something um, really. And but what I did find, um, another thing I found was the new love interest. What happened to the old the older love interest, the one from the original movie? She was actually interviewed and said. They never even contacted me. They, they, you know, because I'm out of the, you know, a little tooth. She's a little long in the tooth. I don't mean to be unkind. I never like to comment, but uh, she took a completely different path. She still makes a couple movies, right? Yes. Yeah, she, I, that's actress, true too. But I don't think she would have uh, no, fit in fit in this movie. Right. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the two things I found really kind of cool about this movie Go ahead. was he flew his own. Mustang. Well, you know, John, and, and, John Travolta flies his own airliner, too. Yeah, but, you know, from what I understand, this is one of two of those Mustangs mm. still set up that they can actually fly. Yeah, okay. So, no, I could see that. I so, could see that. But, you know, but, 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 you know, just, you know, I mean, that's one story. And the other story is that, you know, maybe, who knows, might be a two-seater or whatever. But I don't think any of these, I don't think they're, they're, um, Agents would let them go up in an airplane like that. I did see an article where, because at the end of the movie, I don't want to make a spoiler, but it does show her in the plane with him. Right. And yes. they, she said she did get in his plane and flew uh, with him. Uh, yeah. So I was kind of impressed with but that. But there's CGI in that movie, too, where yep. you see him in the plane and all of a sudden the plane. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 I'll tell you. It's a, I think it's like a great, cool, kind of Saturday afternoon action movie, if right. you know what I mean. Right. You know? And you get into it in the, in the, you know, the, 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 well, from the second it's half entertaining. on. It's, that's it's what entertaining. It's, yeah. That's what it's there for. The other yeah. thing was she, she showed up in a relatively nice early 9-11 I saw that. I said she runs a bar uh, yes. and she's got a nine eleven up on the cliff in San Diego. I don't think real, so. She had a real pretty nine eleven. And the in the original movie, the the love interest had a three fifty six Porsche. Oh, I see. Okay. Which so they they not only upgraded her, but okay. they upgraded to a probably an early seventies nine eleven, which 
Only I would have spotted that. Which is very a very nice car, <laughs> I gotta say. Go see the movie. Go yeah, see it. Yeah, it was, it was, it I'm was, gonna uh, go see it. Right. It's a yeah. great flick. It's free. It's free on. Uh, I I got an Epic. On Epic, it just showed yeah. up. Yeah. And I think it's on Paramount too. Yeah, it's good. Right. To Mr. Yeah. Raven because we want to watch it. Anyway, it's time to bring the uh, show to a close. Switch already has the crash train image up. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone and in the. In the um, I want to mention uh, Homes for Our Troops tonight. Homes for Our Troops uh, is a military organization that raises money to build houses for our wounded veterans, uh, combat veterans after 9-11, who may have uh, lost limbs and so on, and they make these homes that are better adapted for them. You know, very few stairs, wide doorways, uh, lower counter space, things like that. And then when they build these homes, and they're about, uh, the average price is about $380,000, so they're not checks. And uh, from your donation, everyone's donations, they rip up the mortgage, they give them the keys, and they can go on and continue uh, their lives and make as best they can in their lives without having that thing of uh, mortgage payment hanging over your head every month, okay? So that's Homes for Our Troops. Uh, Homes for Our Troops, please Google them and uh, see what they're about. 88 cents of your charity dollar goes to our veterans. That's very high in the charity biz. So Homes for Our Troops, good friends of ours. Hope you donate and tell them you heard about it on the show. Um, and also, uh, another thing we want to say, if you have any questions or requests that you want, just go to MacMaloney.com, hit the contact button, and let us know what's on your mind. Also, pictures of Raven can be uh, found that way, too, okay? Let's just make it Mondays and Wednesdays, all right, because I got other things to do the other days. Well, if you're too busy, we can also um, utilize our Instagram page. Okay. You can find pictures there as well. Okay, all right. You have your own Instagram page, Raven? I do. She has about 12 of them, as it turns out. Yep. So, anyway. You don't have to tell us what it is. <laughs> you can find me from the show. Yeah. That's for okay. sure. Use Just your imagination DM there, Chitty. Okay. Right. So, yeah, and, I, I started to uh, unfollow Tom Brady's girlfriend that was uh, getting ridiculous. Oh, really? Yeah, she's, uh, that's, that's the flavor of last week. She saw it's, last it's Sunday. Like yeah. Every picture looked the same. Right. right. Yeah, okay. well, I'm sorry, but she's... Um, Al checking in here. What? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. She's uh, pretty okay. tasty. Yeah, no, really, you're tasty, honey. Oh, she's a young girl, but uh, well, you know, you know. Hey. he's going to have an interesting off season. Let's say that. Yeah, well, yeah, he's already on top. As they used to say in the '60s, I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. Whoa, wait a minute, big time. Well, you should be glad we don't say that anymore. Well, that's a, that's a big improvement. Big improvement of uh, over. Let's go for two. Right? No, All right, look, let's end the show. Thank you, everyone out there listening to us. Swag is coming back very soon. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Dr. Bob, once again, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, and thanks, everyone out there listening. Thanks, gang, for out, uh, you know for joining us tonight. And this is Mac Maloney for the entire posse saying, to hear us next time, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye.